Hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Who is this Jesus? It's a great question to answer, isn't it? There is nobody like Jesus. Never has been, never will be. Nobody has influenced the world like Jesus has, and he's still changing lives today. Amen? Amen. Before I became a pastor, I was a house painter, and I had my own business for 15 years, and some of the things I learned about businesses helped me to lead and run the church. And uh, when you're in business, you get to know your employees pretty well. You have great employees that just work well and just, you know, focused and stay on task. And then you have these other workers, they're easily distracted. And they can easily get off task. And when you're the boss, you get to know your employees pretty well. Phil Whiting worked for me. Outstanding he was. Probably the best employee I had, and I had some great ones. Outstanding young man. But you do, you get to know your employees pretty well. You have those workers that are faithful and committed, and those ones that just like to slap around. Now, it can be challenging, like when you go away, like sometimes you're called away from the job site, you're at peace when you've got one of these good and faithful servants who just know how to work. But when you've got one of these ones that are prone to be slacking about, you can be a little bit nervous. It's not that they won't do anything, it's more that they can do something really stupid while you're away. When you have these employees, you know, I would often give them an early day and they were happy with that. Let them go early and then go and organise my next job, go see a project manager, pick up some paint. And that's what I used to do. And it's amazing with workers, like say you have been away for a little bit of time and you come back, conversation with a good worker is easy. What have you been doing? Oh, painted the lounge, painted the hallway, going to go into the bedrooms, great, well done. But with the slack worker, and I've had a few, even the conversations are difficult. They never say, look, I've just done nothing. I've been mucking around. They have excuse after excuse after excuse. <laughs> well, I wasn't too sure what colour this was to be and where you wanted me to go, or I didn't want to make a mistake, and, but you could have filled some holes. Well, I didn't know what filler to use, so you did nothing. Well, I was waiting for you to come back. Ah, they always have excuses. And I had a few employees over my time when I um, went out of business. I, I worked by myself for a few years, and then I got one, and then I got two, and then I had three, and they turned around a little bit at times. And so I had a few employees. But who would agree with me? You have the good ones, and you have those ones that you've just got to stay on their case to keep them motivated and focused. And Steve will know what I'm talking about. And there's a few other bosses in here who know exactly what I'm talking about. And I could tell you some stories 
about some slack workers when I was in business. One day, one day, I had two working for me at the same time. That's not good. Anyway, I had them out painting some feet, and uh, I didn't mind them working together because when you're painting, you can talk and work at the same time. But these guys were just talking and not working, so I went out and went, right, right, I'm taking you to the opposite side of the house. Oh, they can't talk to each other now. And then I noticed that they were on their phones all the time. And so I, I went out to one of them and went, Oi, give me your phone and you're messaging. They were messaging each other. <laughs> I went, right, that's it. From now on when you come to work, your cell phones stay in the club boxes. These guys always got something to say though, haven't they? They've always got a reason. And they go, but, but, but what if our mum wants to get hold of us like there's a disaster or something terrible's happened? And I said, well, I'll message both your mothers now and I'll let them know that they are to message me. <laughs> uh, I had another worker, last one. <laughs> I used to do gaming all night. And uh, you'd pick them up in the morning and be falling asleep on the way to work. I don't mind guys sleeping in the van on the way home after I've done a day's work, but not before you even get to work. Ask Phil, I'd give him a nudge. Who ever said men can't do more than one thing at once? For the right reasons we can. Phil a nudge, and I would put my foot on the brake, toot the horn, and scream at the same time. It would wake him up. It'd be funny to see him in the morning. He learned not to go to sleep in the morning. But anyway, in my opinion, there are two types of workers. The good and faithful workers who will just work the whole day, unsupervised, just do the job. And then you've got those ones that are slack. They're easily distracted. You know, they can easily just fall away and do nothing or even something silly. So today's message is called, Our Boss is Returning. Our God is in charge. It's already come out this morning, hasn't it? He's yep. in charge. He's our boss. He's our Lord. And our boss is going to be returning soon. But I want you to know that this boss, our Lord, is the best boss you could ever have. He's kind. He's generous. He's loving. He's very, very patient. More patient than me. He is the best boss you can ever have. And in a parable talking about God being our boss, it shows us that he gives us what we don't deserve. There's one worker who works a full day. He gets a day's wages. There's another worker who works half a day. He gets a full day's wages. And yet another person just works one hour and gets a full day's wages. God gives us what we don't deserve, and that is called grace, undeserved favour. And it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom of God. We can't earn that. The, the wages of sin is death. What we deserve for our sin is death, but we don't do that because he's a good boss. He is prepared to die for us, lay down his life for us. He gives us grace. He gives us what we don't deserve. So I just want you to know, as I'm talking about the Lord being our boss today, he is the best boss you could ever have. And when we receive Christ, we receive a new heart and a new nature. 
And for me, I'm happy for him to be my boss and Lord. I want to serve him. Knowing that he was prepared to lay down his life for me. Knowing how much he loves me. I want to serve him. I want to be a good and faithful servant. I want to serve him with my whole life. You know, and some people, they will serve him with their whole life. And we still get heaven. Some people only serve him with half their life. They'll still get heaven. And some people may only serve him for one hour. They still get heaven because of grace. And I want to serve him. So our boss is kind and he is generous. This morning... I want to go into Matthew chapter 25, and it is the parable of the talents. There's three parables there, but I want to teach on the parable of the talents. But I want you to understand the framework of where this parable is set. Can I encourage you to go home today and read Matthew chapter 24 and Matthew 25? Because this will be a word and a season for you for where we are at. Matthew chapter 24 talks about end times. Jesus was prophesying to the very time that we live in right now. It will be as in the days of Noah. There will be wars and rumours of wars. Nations will rise up against nations. There will be famines. There will be earthquakes. We know a thing or two about earthquakes. Christchurch Ashburton, we know about earthquakes. And then it also says pestilences. And I'm not too sure of my pronunciation, but stay in the King James. It gives you that word. And that word means a fatal epidemic disease, especially bobanic plague. Is there a plague around at the moment? Yep. Disease around at the moment? We are living in end times, and Matthew chapter 24 paints the picture of what end times looks like. And uh, it's probably going to get a little bit worse before it gets better as we head into tribulation. It's good that we stay tight and close and connected. And may I encourage you not to get into too much online, because there's a whole lot of rubbish out there. So, we are living in end times. And may I encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus. It's more important to have your eyes on Jesus than the times and the seasons. I believe some people look at end times like they're trying to catch a bus. And they need to know the timetable so they'll catch the bus when it comes past. Well, it ain't going to be like that. Because when Jesus returns, the Bible tells us that there will be the cry of an archangel, the sound of a trumpet. Every eye will see, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord as he comes back in all his glory with 10,000 times 10,000 angels. We're not going to miss him. Wow. When he came the first time, he came as a lamb. This time he's returning as the great yeah. lion of the yeah. tribe of yeah. Judah and all lordship, yeah. power and victory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How exciting. Yeah. We're not going to miss him. So Matthew chapter 24 is about end times and then we get into Matthew 25. This is also about end times. 
Let's read them together because we can see about times and seasons. And chapter 25 teaches us how we should be living in end times right now. The first parable is the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But why were five of them foolish and five of them wise? It came down to oil. The wise ones had plenty, the foolish ones didn't have enough. Oil speaks of the Holy Spirit. I want to be an oily Christian. Yeah. As we're living in end times, I want to be a greasy, oily Christian. <laughs> what about you? Full of the Holy Ghost. I want to be somebody that has lots of prayer and lots of worship in my life. Connected with oily Christians. Not those dry ones, the oily ones. So we want to have lots of oil in this time. The second parable, the one I'm going to teach on today, is the parable of the talents. It tells us how we should be living our lives in the end days. And then the third parable in chapter 25 is that parable of the sheep and the goats. It tells us about our ministry and what we should be doing in this time and this season. So isn't it incredible that Jesus spoke into where we'd be right now? Yes. Thousands of years ago. And he, and he tells us about times and seasons. And he tells us about how we should be living our lives right now. So let's go to Matthew 25, verse 14 and 15. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. This man travelling to a far country is our boss, Jesus. He's gone to heaven. We are the servants. He's left us in charge to reveal and to extend his kingdom to be about his ministry and his work. We are the servants of the Lord. And he gives one person five talents, another person two talents, another person one talent, each according to their ability. God has entrusted his kingdom and his work to us. What I find amazing is he even and trusts us with his name. You see, when you're a boss of your own company, your workers can give you a good name or reputation or ruin your name and reputation. That's how it is for us right now. We can make the Lord's name great or we can dishonor his name and what we do. And to each according to their abilities. Some people get more talents than other people. My wife, Lisa, she is beautiful and she'll be online right now. And she is amazing. She is so talented. She can sing. She is highly educated. Um, I don't think there's anything that she can't do. Uh, we have an app on our phone and it's called Stuff News. Anybody else got that app on their phone? And every morning and every afternoon, they give you a quiz. 
she will often get 12 or 13 out of 15. Wow, I can't even get that much on my second go. I know all the answers and I still can't get more than her. She is so clever. And normally when you see a beautiful, educated woman like this, the guy that gets her is normally good-looking or charming. I don't even think I'm charming. <laughs> I think I got here because she felt sorry for me. You see, she's got the gift of health since she loves to help people and she looked at me and thought, that boy needs a lot of help. Some people get more talents than others. Everybody gets something. Nobody gets everything. I like that. Everybody gets something. Nobody gets everything. Wasn't it good having Mal up here worship leading this morning? I wish I could sing. I can't. He's a great singer and a great worship leader, isn't he? So talented. Here's my reality. I could get jealous. But wouldn't that be a total waste of time, being jealous of another person's talent or gifting? Some people do, and isn't that ridiculous? Why would we get jealous of something somebody else has got? Aren't we far better saying, Mel, you've got an amazing voice, you're an amazing musician, you're an amazing worship leader, I'm going to enjoy your gifting this morning. Yes. Isn't that the attitude that we have? We enjoy each other's talent and gifting. And now you only sound so good because those sound technicians are crying to you. You've got to stay on side with those fellas because they could uh, make you look silly up here and mess up your morning. They do a great job too. But uh, everybody has a talent. I so appreciate Megan and Caitlin, 9.30 last night, switch on to get this place organised for today. They are so good at organising things and administration and doing what they do. We all have a gift. We all have a grace. I mean, we've got musicians up here this morning. I mean, we've got people with a pastoral grace, a teaching grace. Some people are evangelists. We don't have everything, but we all have something. And did you know that on any given Sunday morning in this place, we have more than 40 people serving to make this place run like it does. Incredible people with the incredible heart to do well. And so if you have a good heart and want to serve, and you've got the attitude and you're good and faithful, uh, see Megan will get you on the team. But if you're going to be one of these ones with excuses, no, don't, don't even come on. So we love having good and faithful servants here. So everybody gets something, but nobody gets everything. And so one person gets five talents, another two, and another one. But before you feel sorry for the person who only got one talent, I want you to understand they believe a talent is a large sum of money equivalent to 20 years wages. So you've got about a million bucks. You don't feel sorry for him now, do you? <laughs> Our God is generous, isn't he? Yep. Yes. So let's go to verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, 
he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Our Lord is returning and he's going to do an audit on our life. He's coming to settle accounts. And we can be excited about that, can't we? The boss has returned... What have you done? Have you been productive with your skills, with your talent? Have you been productive with your time? What did you do with your life, your money, your time, and your gifting? Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. How exciting is that? He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The boss is happy. Well done, my good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy. I'm going to entrust you with more. Isn't that great? In some ways I wished this is where the story ended. Because this would be a happy ending right here, wouldn't it? Why don't we just finish it there? No, I need to teach you the whole parable, don't I? But it would be nice just to finish there, wouldn't it? With the well done. Because the rest of the story can make some of us uncomfortable. And that's why plenty of people don't like this parable. But let's carry on anyway. Verse 24, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you'd be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed, and I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here you have what is yours. Well, the first two Servants brought effort. The third person, he's bringing the excuses. Why is it that those lazy, slack servants always have excuses? They always have excuses. They can never say, look, I just did nothing with what you gave me. They always have excuses, don't they? The lazy servant took 42 words to say, I didn't do anything. Jesus doesn't expect the same results. He does expect the same effort. Anybody that's coached sport knows that you have players with different abilities. You don't want the same performance from each player. You want 
each player to do the best that they can with their gifting and their talent and the abilities they have. And often when you give out the player of the day, it's not to the best player, it's to the player who has played the best to their ability. And coaches know their kids and know who's played really well according to their ability. And that's how it is with Jesus our boss. He wants us to do the best that we can with what we have. So don't compare yourself to other people. Verse 26, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. May I encourage you this morning to be good and faithful servants with the talent or the talents God has given you. The very next parable is the parable of the sheep and the goats. And they even tell, that even tells us what our ministry should look like. Jesus is going to be returning. Our boss will come back and he'll separate the sheep and the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand. The right hand is the hand of power and influence. What's the difference between the sheep and the goats? The good and the bad? It's what they've done. The, the parable of the sheep and goats teaches us the ministry that we should have in the end days. And what this ministry look like? Giving food to the hungry. Giving the thirsty a drink. Taking in the stranger. Looking after the sick. Visiting people in prison. So chapter 24 talks of the time and seasons we live in now. Chapter 25 teaches us how we should be living in the end times. We should be oily, full of worship, full of prayer, full of the Holy Ghost. We should be good and faithful stewards with the talents, the giftings that God has given us. And we should be about the Lord's ministry and that is caring for other people. If you want to put a smile on God's face, put a smile on somebody else's face, especially if they're not privileged. This is our work, this is our ministry. Can I get the band up now, please? You know, one day, very soon, the Lord is going to return. But in the meantime, I'm preaching to myself this morning. I want to be about His ministry. I want to be about His business. I want to be about extending His kingdom. Do I get tired? Yes. But what would I do with my time and energy if I, if I wasn't doing what I was doing now, and I'm not talking about just being senior leader in any capacity in the church, I mean, this is what we give our life for. This is a, a reminder of why we keep doing what we're doing. You know, Jesus isn't returning to preach the gospel. Jesus isn't returning to make disciples. That is what we're to do with our life right now and care for people. Jesus is coming back 
as Lord and it is our job and responsibility to make his name great and to extend and to reveal his kingdom. Can we stand now please? And as the leader of the church, I don't want to be just simply raising up Christians or converting people to Christianity. I want people to be Christ followers. There's a difference. Christ followers. Christ followers are teachable. They want to learn. They want more of God. They want to be about His work. They want to be about His business. We don't want to ever just become Christians. We want to be Christ followers, dedicated to Him, dedicated to learning, dedicated to growing, and dedicated to do His will and purpose. Jesus, our boss, has trusted His company to us. This is an incredible responsibility and one that should not be taken, that should be taken seriously. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the time and the hour that we live in. Lord, we thank you for the harvest. We speak to the harvest and we declare it's going to come in. We want to be your laborers. We want to be about uh, seeing your kingdom come on earth. We want to see people reached. We want to see your, your gospel go out to every nation and every language that will usher in your return. Lord, we want to be making disciples, loving and caring for people. So Lord, just let your grace come now for those in here and those online. Let your grace come upon them and Lord, let them get revelation that you're a good boss and that we want to please you, we want to do well and we want to see your kingdom come, your kingdom advance, your kingdom reveal to many and be about your ministry in these days. In Jesus' name, amen.